welcome back to the show today, Dan Phillips. How you doing, Dan? I think it's fair to say we're both suffering with a big case of Euros fever. How are you? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got the Euro fever um, and it's coming home. Yeah, Euro fever is, uh, it can take many forms, but usually it's uh, it's basically a hangover combined with unseasonably warm temperatures of, what is it, about 90 degrees here at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, so um, for our American listeners, so yeah, we uh, we won our first game yesterday in the Euros, or two days ago when this comes out, so yeah, very exciting time. So yeah, a little, we're a little bit, um, I think it's probably fair to say that we're both of us a little bit worse for wear today, um, so apologies if the quality of this podcast is not up to the, the usual. <laughs> the usual standard I feel like we've got you know what I think last week with Eric he was obviously fantastic like, I think that's the fastest first week downloads ever um, more than Ricky Morton whisper it don't say it too loudly um, so now after that welcome back you've got two you've got a hangover hungover Dan and a hungover Steve to uh, take yeah. you through this that's, I think that's what's best rather than us trying to replicate and try and you know make you think wow god i can't wait for next week <laughs> if we set we're just gonna set the bar ex- exceptionally low yeah exactly um i mean i mean my first note on here is what a week to be on following that last week i mean you know that was a superb podcast and uh s- the stories that eric had and um just so interesting yeah. i mean i could have just listened to him talk about stuff so knowledgeable as well um you know sometimes i think you know when ricky's been on because he had so many matches ricky sometimes you know he you can tell he's as he said like you know he'll forget a lot of the things you're watching or whatever eric seems to have remembered everything yeah yeah um and i just found it yeah real great insight and um yeah, I'll say that. And then I, I think I said to you before, the week before that, when you had your Q&A pod, that actual episode of Mid-South <laughs> yes. is my favourite episode I've seen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just think that the the the, the promotion is is getting better and better. And uh, getting guests like Eric on, mate, you know, the, the podcast is getting better and better. But then obviously Asterix, not today maybe but you never know you might find it entertaining yeah so for all the new listeners out there don't let me you know put you put you off stay tuned yeah stay tuned thank you for thank you very much for uh continuing to support the show so we're going back in our i said time capsule rather than time machine there's one a little flub on the show last week but we're getting back in our time machines because a time capsule would be buried underground that wouldn't take you anywhere so we don't want to get one of those to the 15th of june 1985 uh, and at the desk today are Jim Ross and Joe Watts. I can feel my voice is failing already here after singing too much. I actually was fortunate to go to Wembley yesterday. So some of you saw the, the face. And I realised when I tweeted that, I said wrestling twice as well, which I didn't realise until today. So the second wrestling was not needed. Uh, at the desk are Jim Ross and Joe Watts um, with the rotation of Boyd and Bill one week, having stopped seemingly as a result of Bill's in-ring return. So Jim runs down the card. The snowman is here. Terry Taylor, Bill Dundee versus the former nightmare and now known as a champion. And JR puts over the main event of Ted DiBiossi and Steve Williams versus the Fantastics. We got a rerun of the non- not-for-profit advert to get involved in promoting a live show. And then Jim Ross recapped the angle with Duggan last week when it looked like Akbar was going to burn Duggan with a cigar until Cowboy Bill Watts made the save. So we cut back to Joel and he said that Duggan was a man after his father's heart and he couldn't sit by and see what was happening to Duggan. Ross called Akbar a demented man and a desperate man. And we cut to a promo with him from last week. And Akbar said, 
it just takes one more incident and he'll be pushing pencils on the street, um, just like he said he would be. He said he's dealing with the godfather, the greatest man ever associated with this business. He made a fool of Mid-South and he said Watts would never get a chance to get his hand on Akbar and run through the men in his stable he'd have to go through. And he reiterates he has the money to bring them in. He said he's standing there because he went through the American courts. The American way is finished and Duggan and Watts will go down just like America. I thought this was a tiny bit samey from Akbar, but it was fine. What did you make of this uh, kind of opening promo here? Yeah, I mean, what's what is in your opinion? Like, what's the angle here? What is Akbar trying to tee up him versus Watts at a later date? Or I'm, I'm trying to like, I just don't understand what what's what's he hope? What's his angle here? I've got like two, two points like that. And secondly, the other point is. He keeps mentioning about overturning a suspension in the US court. On what basis? Just out of interest. <laughs> he keeps mentioning, I've overturned it in the courts. So, oh, sorry, you've gone to the US courts and said, I've been suspended. Oh, yeah, what for? Oh, I, I set someone's face on fire <laughs> and now they suspended me. And the US courts went, no, 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 you should be allowed back at work. On what basis has he had that overturned in the courts? Well, I think that, yeah. I would no, have thought, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I was, I, I've just started a new job and I and I haven't checked my new contract to see if setting <laughs> someone on fire is a sackable offence. But maybe if it's not listed there, if it's not then listed, um, it's okay, yeah. it's, free, it's a free, I've got free reign. But he keeps mentioning that. I'm just like, on what basis are you I getting think, so overturned? I think the idea <laughs> is that he, he, he's supposed to be allowed an appeal. So to put evidence of why that like, should have right. dug in. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you said that about the matches, actually, because I think Akbar was involved in one match um, in Tulsa. So that had been a big show for the for these guys. Um, a couple of weeks after this uh, uh, trio's match with Kamala, Kareem Mohammed, and Skandal versus Watts, Murdoch and Jim Duggan. So okay. there was certainly one match in there, but that, was, that didn't tend to be the... Um, that wasn't the... Actually, there's another one here, actually, in uh, New Orleans, actually, afterwards. So, yeah, a couple of those. Oh, and another one in Tulsa again. So, at Skelly Stadium. So that sounds like a big show. So, yeah, there were... I, I guess that was probably safe. So, maybe what's the, the angle they were going for? Yeah, yeah I just... Yeah, yeah. I just... We shall see, Skelly time will tell. Yeah, Skelly Stadium was a, was a... Or is a stadium that holds 30,000 people. So, that was probably... Um, nice. A pretty significant show for the, for them there. Um, I wonder if, uh, if Phil went to that. Um, so yeah, in terms of any any anything to add on the, on this um, this promo here? No, I mean, it, I, I, you, I mean you called it exactly right. I mean, I felt like I felt like that was a rerun as well. If you yeah. know what I mean, like they're, they're, they're all Akbars are all the same now, really. Um, but yeah, which led me to start thinking, well, hang on, what you know, what what you what are you aiming for here? Um, but yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, other than that, it's been fine. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's a mad angle, right? It's that yeah. it stemmed from setting someone's face on fire. So I mean, it's just it's just when you actually think about what what this started from, it's pretty mad. Yeah, it was it was a really good. I, th- I think Akbar's delivery is always really good, but it's just the the actual content is just a little bit a little bit samey now. Um, up first in ring action was Tommy Pritchard and the Bruiser going up against the returning Rock and Roll Express. Great reaction, as always, as the boys were out in very fetching purple outfits. Joel mentioned that if they won this match, then they would get their rematch against Deviossi and Williams for the titles on television. The Bruiser was destroyed in short order here with the Rock and Roll Express winning in a minute with their double drop kick. The commentators didn't mention it, but on hitting the move, Pritchard jumped down from ringside and gave a gesture as if he wasn't fussed with what was going on. Anything to add on this quick match? Um, so, 
Bruiser like is on there. Excuse me. Bruiser, you might have covered it. So who who is Bruiser? Did we ever get to the bottom of who he is? Uh, they talked about that on the show last week, but I must be honest, yeah. my brain is not engaged. I can't remember. Yeah, I think they mentioned his name because, you know, the classic, there's a few now, the classic from the parts unknown. Yeah. I wonder who came up with that originally. Like, like, I don't know, yeah. Also, also just think it's... I've never really thought like in wrestling, like the the need to always explain where someone's from. I think yeah. that is, again, for Americans, I think that's quite an American thing. Um, yeah. Because because yeah. they because I, I feel you know over here we have the you know, people are quite proud where they're from, but not you know if we take if we take for example Anthony Gogo in AEW, he's just from the east of England. <laughs> Yes. Right, it, you know, it, yeah, we're we're a bit vague over here. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, you know, they'd often say from the UK, right? Well, you know, that doesn't that's that's one of four countries. Well, yeah, exactly. Whereas obviously in America, in wrestling, it's always quiet. Like, you want to know exactly where they're from. So, you know, you got if 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 you're not gonna if you want to keep the mystery up, parts unknown has been the term term chosen. Because I think the barbarian is also from parts unknown as well. I, I believe he is. Um, yeah. So. I don't know if there's any. Is there any other famous people from parts unknown that, that you can um, recall? I, think, I mean, there's obviously some people from made-up places. Wasn't Ultimate Warrior parts uh, unknown? I think you are. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, say Rock and Roll Express. Great to see them. I must admit, like it's a quick match, uh, as, as you point out. But um, I sort of touched on at the start the the quality. Now every match you seem to have a start, like a big star in. Yeah. There's very, there's not, I don't feel like net like since 1985 has, has, has happened, but particularly since WrestleMania time that every match has got, there's no real fillers. You've no, got someone no. big in everything now Like really put it down. I'm starting to really notice it. Um, they hit with a double drop kick. Apparently you could have counted to 30 when they <laughs> won that, they said, uh, which did make me laugh particularly when, um, when I think about uh, the young bucks and how, you know, in AEW, they're very much criticised from for overusing their super kick. Yes. Yeah. Um, and these guys hit like a double drop kick, and it's like, oh, he could count to thirty. Where if they hit a super kick, people get sort of pretty angry if they pin from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It shows you just how it's changed um, over the over the years. The thing is, the super kick's a funny one because I remember back in the day, like the Rockers would do a super kick, like um, and a few other fair people would do it as well. I know Chris Adams did it as a finisher, but. Super kick wasn't always like a KO sort kind of blow. So it's just, it's just but everything, nothing in wrestling, mate. There's everyone's got lines for selling in um, in wrestling, and I think sometimes you, you do you do have a thing where something happens, you start, oh, I don't really like that. But when you think about it at its core, most of wrestling is a bit silly when it comes to selling because <laughs> like someone will punch someone like eight times. But we, but mm. then again, I suppose you see that in mixed martial arts and boxing, you can see like. Someone will punch one someone. Punch will someone one punch will knock someone out, whereas another one. So yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony Gogo is actually from Lower Stoft, so I guess that's yeah, that's right. They yeah. Say, uh, um, yeah. But again, but, but what I'm trying to say is, if he was, you know, if we had the same culture here, they would say from Lower Stoft. Yes, because it'd yeah. be because you lowest the people from Lower Stoft would be probably like, no, you need to name check our town. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Next up, we had the Barbarian versus Frankie Lane. The Barbarian did a bit of a dirty trick at the start of this by pointing at Lane's boot as if there was something there. And when Lane was distracted looking at it, he blasted him with a punch. 
Lane actually had a very, very brief comeback here, but this was all over in short order with, an, with a good-looking elbow drop from the middle rope by the Barbarian, followed with his full Nelson submission. Another pure squash to open the show. Anything to add on this one? Um, so, yeah, the Barbarian with the, with the classic look-over-there trick. Yes. Which I uh, <laughs> use on my daughters. I wouldn't think to use on a, on a grown man. But um, Frankie Lane fell for it, hook, line and sinker. He, he did, so, yeah, he really you know, did. There's a guy that... Yeah. <laughs> um, again, Barbet, so uh, going back to a very similar question to Bruiser, actually, I'm sure you covered it. Who did... How did Barbarian... Who is he? How did, like, where did he go from here? Uh, so he was in uh, Jim Crockett after this, I believe. So John Nord. Um, and then much, much later, Nord, he, was in, um, he was in WF as the Berserker. Um, so yeah, that's he was, it, all, he was all over the place, especially after this. Right, yeah, because I was going to... But he's yeah, not... He, yeah, this is not the guy that was the Barbarian I didn't want to get him and the Bruiser later. confused. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think, I think when he teams with Jake Roberts, he looks really good. Oh, actually, I've got that I wrong, actually. I've, Sorry, he was in AWA directly after this, then World Class, and then uh, AWA the, again. So he, he is the Berserker, do, though, isn't he? Yeah, he had a World Championship yeah. wrestling one much later, but yeah, he is the Berserker. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed him and Jake Roberts make a good tag team. Yeah, really good, I um, think. Yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, I'm really impressed with them. Um, I did like the comment. I think they've said this two weeks running now, that he's six foot eight. He's a young man. He's six foot eight, and he's still growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes <laughs> definitely think, not still growing. Right. Just yeah. to clarify, I think you stopped growing around sort of 16, 17, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that Geezer's at least in his 20s. He um, yeah, unless he um, uh, Are they trying to make us to believe, like, stay tuned in six months' time? This bloke's going to be seven foot five. <laughs> but he's still growing. I mean, it's cr- that's two weeks running they've gone with that line now. It just makes me laugh. Yeah, that, that, that think- yeah, he's dead. Oh, unless he's got the thing that Andre the Giant had or anything. I, I, don't, I don't think he did. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, he, he, uh, great, actually, a really good elbow from the second rope. He went quite far. Um, not quite a coast to coast Shane McMahon style, but he he certainly the elbow was he jumped some distance. The elbow was to good hit that elbow that. from yeah. us. Yeah, really yeah, good. Really good. And then going back to what we mentioned about that sort of talking about the drop kick and stuff earlier on and about how different moves. You don't really see the full Nelson anymore, and if you do, it's not really no. seen as a big thing. But I did like that he called it the the big squeeze, and I do <laughs> yes. like when you get these moves and you rename it. And all of a sudden, when he went, oh, he's caught him with a big squeeze. I was like, oh, that looks painful. Thinking, hang on a minute, that was the full Nelson a minute ago. I've, I've fallen for it as well. <laughs> like, you know, when you rename a move. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's deadly, that one. Like, <laughs> but yeah, the big squeeze certainly the sounds better squeeze. than the full Nelson. Wendell Cooley and Terry Daniels up next since the Dirty White Boys. Daniels had his yellow crop top on again. And his partner, Cooley, got a decent reaction from the crowd on his name being announced. Ross said that Daniels was so excited that he hasn't even taken off his T-shirt. They talked about the past angle with Daniels getting attacked by the Dirty White Boys. Cooley tagged in fairly early on, and he was in tremendous shape here. Um, Joel added that the shirt Daniels had on said, we are proud to be the Marines. That's probably why he was still wearing it. Len Denton drilled Cooley with an ultra-stiff-looking shot in this, which Joel described as a clothesline, but actually looked more like a punch or forearm. In spite of some early promise from the babyface team here, the Dirty White Boys were ultimately victorious after Daniels missed a dropkick and he was beaten with a strange-looking double-team move where he was on the shoulders of Anthony and Denton came off the top rope with an elbow, which ended with Daniels flipping in the air. That was it in four minutes and 22 seconds. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, just one quick observation. I'm noticing that Cole Fergie is really taking taking uh, control now as the lead ref. Have you noticed it? 
before I did, I could see that they really did. Like the ref seemed to be changing each match, but yeah. now it's, it seems to be him all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and also, you know, Jay, I mentioned it. Daniels has gone from coming into the ring in like a full uniform and us having to wait for him to fold it up to just starting with his with his clothes on. He's yeah. just usually gone from one extreme to the next. It's like they've <laughs> gone, Terry, like, you know, you, this is taking a bit, you, you're taking a bit too much time. And he's just took it completely like, you can't all right, fine then. Take a now. Fine then. Yeah, yeah, fine yeah. then. I'll just start. Um, I also noticed that during this, Joel Watts said, to, to be the best, you've got to wrestle the best. And I quoted this, Joel Watts, 1985, move over, Ric Flair. When did Ric <laughs> Flair start saying, to be the best, you've got to beat the best? Was it before or after this? Uh, to, was that um, a WWF thing? No, no. Because if it was, I'm claiming it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah well, it's basically exactly, almost exactly the same thing, isn't it? And he would have said that before this, definitely. Oh, yeah. okay. All yeah. right, fine. Because I, yeah. I literally was like, oh, he's nicked it off him. He's nicked it off Joel. <laughs> um I've, I've been quite impressed with Cooley so far for yeah. what is, in a sense, enhancement talent, I would yeah. say. Um, he's too good for that role. I don't understand why he's still yeah. on that side. Yeah. And um, and an opposite. I've been impressed with him. Daniels, I just can't get with. I mean, there was a hot tag to him, which is not something I'd ever thought I'd say. Yeah. A hot tag to Daniels. And then he misses the drop kick and loses. Yeah. So, it literally, I was like, oh, Hello. Oh, here we go. Oh, he's, he's missed the drug game. Okay. <laughs> I feel a bit there sorry for these. Like, these enhancement guys that are like regularly appearing, it's yeah. not like they come in and you get some you know random guys in for a few weeks and he goes to somewhere else. But it can't be very much fun, that, I don't think. Because yeah, well, was, you know what, you said that. Yes, we just said that. I was, I was going to actually mention it. I wonder what it's like in the dressing room. Like, Eric was talking last week about, you know, sort of a little bit behind the scenes and, you know, when they, when they were backstage and stuff, but you know, he was, he was talking about like the big stars, right. But you know, say you're a Wendell Cooley or whatever, you know, what are you feeling back there? Like he's in shape, he's ripped. So he's obviously, he's working hard, he's working out, he's really working for it. And then it's like, go back in there. Oh yeah. What's happening today? Well, you're going to get beaten, mate. In you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and as a result, you know, I'm sure your money reflects how you're used. Yes. Yeah. Um, See, it's a strange one because I certainly think he's better than, you know, he's better than Pat Rose as a key link to the next one. Yeah. Um, if you know what I mean, though, you know, he's better than Daniels at the end of the day. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess that's maybe why he can take, take the fall in it, perhaps. I think. But I, yeah. think there's, there's, I think there's a difference here. There, there is someone like him, maybe, where they, they might see an upside to him. But someone like Daniels, I think he got a chance and then. They're, they're, they've given up on him basically I think so, mm. that, so that's that's probably Wendell yeah, might be I like think he, Daniels what didn't like Daniels yeah when he first come in he I don't know yeah I he felt was like winning, they, yeah not, he was yeah yeah, yeah. And, then, and then recently he's turned into he hasn't won for literally months yeah now. that's yeah, right yeah. yeah yeah pure enhancement talent now um next up Pat Rose versus the Mid-South Television Champion the Snowman uh, only an okay response for Snowman here. And Dirty Dutch, Dirty Dutch Mantel was shown at ringside in a Mid-South t-shirt, which I think is the first. I've, I've never seen that. And um, Snowman's punches trying to do an Ali shuffle were really terrible. And Ross said that Snowman was 250 pounds of bad. And I think that might have been a nod and a wink moment after those punches. He also talks about Snowman's unorthodox body slams. And the Snowman fell over after a back elbow. Joel puts over that Snowman was the first person to ever kick out of the DDT. 
Snowman hit a really sloppy looking power slam for the win in just under two minutes. I just can't believe how bad this guy is, given what this promotion was all about at this point. Mantel got in the ring with his bull rope after Snowman exited and challenged him. He got back in there, but was then separated by two referees and Mantel eventually exited. What do you think of this match and this performance from the Snowman? So I think it's quite clear the huge push on the Snowman. When they want to push someone, sometimes it's it's a bit too obvious. Yeah. Um, and this one is too obvious. I mean, there's only one thing, having seen recent weeks, worse than this guy's in-ring talent, and that is his promos. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I quite liked they because they cut back to show the Superdome thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, With yes, Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. Um, and that was... Pretty amazing, right? That he's got Muhammad Ali yeah, yeah. in his corner. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he's sort of a, what's the word for it? Hand me down hero, but at Muhammad Ali was my dad's hero. So right, growing yeah, up, yeah, yeah. I've seen every Muhammad Ali fight, interview. So even whenever I see him, even on things like that, little things like that, I'm like, oh, there he is. Oh, like, I don't know. I just, you yeah, just bit, end up feeling a little bit of affection for them. Yes, yeah. uh, which then made me think, oh, maybe I'll be a little easier on Snowman now. So, um, <laughs> I mean, th- th- they mentioned about they mentioned about someone being the first person to kick out of Jake Roberts' DDT. That was Snowman, right? That's what they said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which made me laugh. Going again, going back to our previous comments about how moves change. If this is the first episode of Mid South you're watching and you heard the sentence, he's the first man to kick out of a DDT, you'd be like, what? Well done. Like, like <laughs> kicked out of a DDT. Okay. Do that in my garden all the time. Like that, that's the standard move you do when you're, when you're a kid, right? Everyone can do it. Um, but that yeah, move was it, over back then is the thing. Like, that's the difference. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. We discussed it before. Yeah. And I must admit, when Jake Roberts hits it, there's something about the way he hits yeah, that. Very, yeah, very way special. different type of people. So I do get it. But it just sounds again, like, you know, mm. looking back, like, okay, he's kicked out. You know, now we're talking about Omega's one wing angel or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So it's gone from a DDT to getting someone on your shoulders, hooking their head round, flipping them to under your legs so you land them on their back from just getting them in a headlock and landing. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, it's just evolution. It's just interesting why it's good to watch the show, really, you know, for, again, history. Um, yeah, um, I guess the other thing that JR sort of, there was a bit where JR said um, about him and Snowman speaking about the ball whip in private. <laughs> Have you heard that bit? It was oh, like, okay. yeah, that the snowman's um, got bad oh, memories. Oh, yeah, of the yeah, ball. no, I do. Sorry, I didn't know snowman's about, got yeah. bad memories of the bull whip and jail went, we spoke about that in private. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> weird. Um, I don't know, how that, that come up in conversation talking about whips. Um, and then the only other point I had, because not didn't really have much on the match, was um, Shoe Baby. Obviously, I know what it is. Explain the name in con- why? Why? Oh, why? Why are we? Why are we talking about shoe baby like it's a woman? Um, they talk I, about it like it's a woman, don't they? Shoe oh, baby. Because he got he got like was it the other week? He said, oh, he got a, he got annoyed because he stole his shoe baby. I was like, it's not. It's it's a whip. Chill out. Like, where's this come from? Shoe baby. I unless it's slang. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answers to that and. Um, 
Google's not really helped me either. So alas, <laughs> I can't I can't answer yeah. that, I'm afraid. Maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, some of our his uh, mid south historians yeah phil and terry do you yeah, know yeah um, exactly but yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to understand why what, what that was but yeah not much about the match really no next up the big tag team match the fantastics going up against ted DiBiase and dr death steve williams um, there's a girl at ringside in a disney t-shirt who was losing her mind when the fantastics came out like literally she, I, I can't even put this into words or do this justice. This was incredible to watch with all the ladies at ringside hugging Fulton and Rogers. They came out and these guys were just legit superstars, this audience. And they literally had women forcing kisses on them. Um, what did you think of this, th- th- this entrance of these two? I mean, unbelievable. I've, I've, actually, I've actually, I'm glad you sort of, you've done, I don't mean you can do it justice. You see it, but I'm glad you've talked it up. I mean, I've just put this, this entrance where we spoke about other people in the past where they'll walk down and the, and the women scream. This eclipses anyone. Yeah. Their entrance eclipses any other reaction with the women. And and I think their mute their, their entrance theme helps. This eclipses the rock. Well. I hate to say it. I hope Ricky's not listening. I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, this this eclipses anything I've seen in the Rock and Roll Express on this television show. Yeah, this was, I this think, was unbelievable. I think yeah. The women's speech, but I think their their entrance music gets everyone going. Yeah. And honestly, and, and I guess as well, the other thing is, you know, with the women is they don't go when when the women run up they they don't go get off no they're, they're more than happy to join in which <laughs> maybe it's what you know maybe maybe you know you wonder if other tag teams i might go all right i've you know keep keep your distance whereas these <laughs> these boys they are they are uh i think i think it was mentioned last week uh and i think eric said something about oh they'll get a lot of chocolate brownies off this and i think terry corrected to say they might get a slightly more the chocolate brownies off of them. So um, yeah, there was no social distancing happening know. in Shreveport in 1985 with the Fantastic. No. Certainly, no, no. Uh, there was a go Bobby go chant early on as Joel talks about the weight disadvantage the Fantastics were having in this one. Uh, the Fantastic worked over Doctor Death's arm in the early going with some fast tags and classic tag team action. DBOC and Williams got on top after DBOC slammed Fulton's back into the ring post on the outside with the referee's back turned. Dr. Death had a bear hug on Fulton and ended up just slamming him down brutally as the crowd bought right into the jeopardy the Fantastics were in. DiBiase missed the big backward elbow off the top rope and Fulton made it to Rogers for the tag as he fought both men off. And then with the ref distracted again, Rogers went for a flying head scissors in the corner and got hit with a loaded glove. Williams followed up with a loaded forearm for the win in eight minutes and 22 seconds. Really fun match. And clearly the hard push of DiBiase and Williams continues and another win over high-profile opponents, albeit again with a pretty similar finish, which, which we'll talk about in the next couple of episodes a bit more. But what did you think of this eight minutes and 22 seconds here? Yeah, oh, brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Um, to... You know, DBSE and Dr. Death are a great tag team. Yeah. R- really good. Um, this was a non-title match, as mm. far as I'm aware. Um, and the reason I sort of justified that was this is a, this is a, you know, not pay-per-view, should we say, but this is a super dope match. Yeah. This is a tag team title, super dope match worthy contest this. Um, and should, you know, and I, you know, I don't know what happens in the future. I noticed that, you know, I think the commentators are, you know, this, the tag division is just heating up now. Uh, they actually mentioned uh, Midnight Express um, during the commentary. Um, where, where are they now at this time, the Midnight Express? Because they uh, were mentioned during the commentary. W- okay. Basically what became WCW, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because they mentioned them um, when they were sort of saying that DBS and Dr. Death are considered the best tag team in in the US. Yeah. Um, which they do love a big, cla- a big, big bold claim on Mid-South, I must admit. Um, like, I actually didn't mind the bear hug because I got why they were doing it because DBS, he obviously knocked him into the ring post on his strapping, done the bear hug. So, because normally a bear hug, I'm thinking, oh, what, just put, put him down. But <laughs> I, I got it. And what I actually did like about this one was something I've always thought of the bear hug. Hit him in the head. Yeah. What you, you why are your arms flailing around? And that's how he got out of it by actually punching him in. I was mm. like, finally. Like, that always blows my mind. Like, your instinct would be to hit them. You're looking right at them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he got out of that. Um, I thought the hot tags were really good, really added to it. Um, and then, bang, DBSC lands, lands the glove, um, the loaded glove, which I think we. Who's in there? Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, really, really good, really good. So, I'll tell you what, slightly off topic, Cesc Fabregas is a good looking man, isn't he? Crikey. Have you seen him that, at half time? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very hot, off topic, but I, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, crikey. Um, so, Ed Carr Thomas against Terry Taylor up next. Surely, high time that Terry Taylor had some entrance music. I just don't really get why. He's just in the corner, like he's one of their highest profile stars. People, other baby faces have got interest music. Why has he not got interest music? We're very strange. Um, Taylor hit a belly to back suplex that I hadn't seen him do before in this before finishing Thomas off in three minutes with his patented flying forearm. This is a solid win for Taylor here to get him back in the hunt for mid south gold. What do you think of this Taylor versus Ed Carr match? Yeah, I mean, Ed Carr's just not got anything, has he? No. That's how I viewed it. Like I was just watching. Like I, I agree, it's a solid win, and 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 uh, completely understood the reason Zed Carr is, you know, because because he's got his link with Doctor Death. I mean, at the end of the day, he's enhancement. Let's call him that. Yeah. But you know, he's got a bit. At least he's got a bit of a na- name behind him. He's just got nothing. Um, I mean, to be honest, all, all I could think about in this match was my probably my favourite thing that Eric mentioned last week, which is about when he just sort of said that Terry Taylor isn't hard at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, he's not hard at all. And actually, when he was talking about, I, I was literally in bits when he was talking about with the belt being too big and Terry Taylor being like, getting hurting me. <laughs> and like, so when I was watching him doing the moves, I, I've now gone from like, now I know when Eric's saying he's not a hard man, he's not meaning, you know, he's as weak as anything, but that's all I can view him as now. I just picture him like, Ow, get off. That yeah. hurts. Like when he was talking about the belt hurting him. I literally so when I was watching this match, it's all I could think about. Like that he was just like, oh, that's a bit unnecessary. Ooh, ouch. Like I could just picture that. Um but yeah, it's a solid match. And I, I yeah, I don't think I'm gonna look at Terry the same again. I just think he's got like a mischievous look on his face the whole time. because like, he's like, because Terry's a bit like a joker, isn't he? But um, yeah, I think he's yeah. just uh, that's really, really uh, funny stuff. Next up, we had the champion, the artist formerly known as a nightmare versus superstar Bill Dundee. The champion was out there with hot stuff Eddie Gilbert and Dundee had a pair of purple trunks on, a blue sequin vest and red knee pads, which is as offensive on the eyes as it sounds. 
Ross put over how tough the champion was as Dundee was shoved the mat a couple of times. I thought Dundee, who hasn't been a regularly pushed character at all, got a bit too much in this match and perhaps not surprising given his position in the company at the time. Um, Dundee had a champion and sleeper and Gilbert got up to the apron to encourage his man to get free, which he did. Dundee tried to roll up, but in kicking out, Dundee was shoved into Gilbert. Gilbert gave something to the champion. He put it in his mask and then got the win by a loaded mask headbutt in four minutes and 44. Um, I feel like the champion should just destroy Dundee here. Like just brutalised him in about two minutes and pinned him. What did you think of this one? I completely agree with that. That is exactly what I've written. Yeah. Why is he using this hit? Why is he using a loaded mask? As I put it in my notes here. Um, yeah, just bizarre, really. I mean, I guess Bill's probably on the... He had his little sort of bit where, you know, he, he beat Adrian Street. You know, I'm still a bit bitter about that, but yeah. he beat him and then... And then now he's obviously on his way down. So part of me is, you know, I'll be honest. I, I love seeing him lose. Um, I just took <laughs> that badly, that defeat. Um, you know, apparently he's the he's the greatest Australia has to offer. Um, and I have noticed he's got a bit more. Like, he had floor, he had floral pants on. It's all very plain normally. He's got, so, yeah. Um, and uh, also Eddie Gilbert, hot stuff. Is he? See what, bringing that back to Cesc Fabregas. He's no Cesc Fabregas. No, but I think he's, he's hot stuff in the sense that he's calling himself good-looking kind of thing because it's like a heel thing. Whereas I don't think he actually, yeah. yeah. He's, he's no Cesc Fabregas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, link, I've, I've linked, your, I've linked your, uh, your comment into the show there, mate. Um, yeah, and I guess the only other thing is a bit like with, with uh, DiBiasti. What's, what's he, you know, that glove, you know, what, what's that loaded with? What's he put in his mask? I don't know, yeah. Surely if you headbutt someone something with something against your head, it would really hurt you yourself. You. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I God knows what's in there. I've just, I've just tried, yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. He needs to be he needs to be demolishing these people. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm assuming this is us gonna be seeing, you know, he always needs to, in essence, cheat to win. But yeah, you I don't, don't like have to that. do it every time. No. You don't have to do it every time. You well, you don't need to do it against people like this guy. No. You, you, maybe you cheat to win to, you know, like, like this. I'll tell you what, a modern day example at the moment, Kenny Omega's turned heel. When he's having a big match now or whatever, he there tends to be some sort of interference. Mm. In it. But that's not happening every time. He's winning so cleanly. Yeah, I mean, don't I get me wrong, it's getting a bit like that. It's getting a bit like there's always something. There's always something. But, and that's frustrating now. Mm. so that's still so at the day something's changed maybe some things don't but yeah he should be he should be demolishing this guy yeah I completely agree I, I feel like there's a little bit too much cheating to win I know there's this quite you know, it's television etc but I think some of the finishes are getting a little bit too similar that all being said though um, I thought this was a solid solid show but not one I would necessarily say was sort of must see uh, Ross said that next week on television it would be DBRC and Williams defending the Mid-South Tag Team titles against the Rock and Roll Express so Dan what are your final thoughts on the June 15th 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling well my final thought was they just dropped that little line in right at the end um, yeah. about the tag team titles and Rock and Roll Express so they certainly hit me with a cliffhanger right there yep. uh, to get me 
to get me to watch next week, which is a right touch because I will be back next week to review the show. So yeah, absolutely. happy days. We'll let, we'll let you in on a little secret behind the curtain here. So we were going to we were going to record three episodes tonight, but I asked Dan this morning whether we could put it off until next week. And I was feeling a little bit more human. And I very much appreciate that because the room I'm in at the moment, I don't know, is it hot where you are as well? Yeah, it's pretty yeah, hot. It's unbelievably <laughs> hot. I'm sweating so much. I need to go and have a shower after this. Yeah. So any other thoughts on this episode before uh, I go and have a cold shower and get out of here? No, I would only sign off with, as we started, it's coming home. Yeah, it's coming home. Let's fit fingers crossed next time you hear our voices, England will be 2-0 and o in the European Championships. There you go. I've Rex. done that for you, our American listeners. So Dan, thank you as ever. And we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts, and for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.